Hello, welcome to Unauthorized Cinnamon, uh, the Deadwood podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Herman. I'm Harry J. Perales, the other. Thanks for joining us again. Today we are going over episode three of the first season of Deadwood called Reconnoitering the Rim. And boy, I gotta tell you, I'm tired of the word reconnoitering after a while. Because <laughs> it's, uh, I don't like that word, first of all. Reconnoitering? Yeah, or reconnoiter. Like, it's, it, uh, I don't know. It's, it sits I, ill on my tongue. I kind of like it. Yeah? Yeah, I kind of enjoyed uh, when the first time it said, and then it said over and over and over again for like the next two minutes. So I was hoping that we would say it. There, there's just like certain words that I don't. Like stipend. Stipend? Like, you'll be getting a daily stipend. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. I'd rather not have it. Oh. <laughs> I played myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I, I think I, when we were trying to go over titles for this podcast, it was like, what if we did like reconnoitering Deadwood? <laughs> it's like, imagine saying that every week. <laughs> Or like if you're at a party being like, what do you do? I have a Deadwood podcast it's called, called the Re- Reconnoitering the... Wait, come back. <laughs> Reconnoitering the wood. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So we open up and we've got Ellsworth owning a dog. Because <laughs> yeah. at first you're like, oh yeah, Ellsworth doesn't stop talking. He's obviously not. And then you're like, oh, well, he's talking to the dog. But uh... Now someone brought this up. I was reading, I think, I think, uh, Alan Seppenwall's review covered this in, in the comments. Someone said like that, that's, um, uh, Tim Driscoll's dog. Hmm. Is that, d- did you get that sense? No, I didn't. I've totally forgot. It's been a little bit since I watched those episodes. I don't remember him having a dog though. Yeah. I just, uh, Tim Driscoll or, or, uh, Ellsworth. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know Tim Driscoll had a dog. No, yeah. Remember they killed Tim Driscoll, and then mm-hmm. E. B. Farnham was like, uh, "Hey, woo, have your pigs eat his dog too?" Oh, yeah. So, and that came up because like, you know, Dan shows up, and the mm-hmm. dog kind of whimpers and runs off. Mm. And I always thought that was just a dog reacting to a guy who like kills people. Who looks like rag. a bear. <laughs> he was yeah. reacting to a bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, when someone in the comments was like, oh, yeah, it's Tim Driscoll's dog, and he kind of whimpers and runs away, and that's why. Oh, I never yeah. knew that, but, yeah, I didn't know Ellsworth had a dog, and uh, but he's just kind of like that old I, prospector. I, yeah, <laughs> I think it's just kind of – I don't think I don't think that's Ellsworth's dog now. I think that makes more sense that it's somebody else's dog, and he's just like, well, I got to help you out too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. This is the first instance of um, small mammals laughing at, at someone <laughs> in this episode. Uh, talking about uh, the dog pitifully chased after. Uh, anyway, this is an important part of the episode, but I'm going to spend a few minutes. <laughs> uh, but let's, yeah, let's reconnoiter this moment. <laughs> the episode, the rim of this moment. Uh, so yeah, Dan walks by and asks Ellsworth if he's seen Brom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think his enthusiasm's on the wane? <laughs> the way he says wane is particularly good. Uh, so yeah, Brom hasn't shown up. Uh, and, uh, so Dan's headed back. Dan, I thought this was interesting the way Dan is always like, like, uh, advertising the gem. Uh-huh. He's like, see you at the gem, Ellsworth. <laughs> and I don't know if this was just me going like, he's a company man, isn't he? Well, but, I mean, also later, it's either in this episode or the next one where, uh, Al talks about them like in the gulch, like building it. So it's something yeah. that he built. 
he has he has a fair amount of sweat equity in yeah in that place. And so he's and I think there's another part where like Ellsworth gets a bunch of gold or something. He's like, as long as you spend that at the gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. Uh, but the way Ellsworth comes back is like, it's always possible. Like <laughs> I read it as like kind of an eye rolling. Like, all right, Dan, like yeah. take a break. Maybe that was just <laughs> maybe that was just me. Uh, but anyway, so then we go to um, the Mount Moriah Cemetery, and uh, we are having a funeral for uh, Tom Mason, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for, for uh, Tom Mason. Uh, Merrick comes up. My notes just say Merrick shows up sneezing like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it's, it's not even comic relief to me. I'm no. just like, God damn it, Merrick. He just, he hates, one thing I noted later on, I'll talk about it more, but just, he hates everywhere he's at. And he just seems like he's like miserable being in the period of time he's <laughs> at that he has to report on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, God, why do I, everything's uncomfortable here. And I'll bet he's like, I must do my duty. Like yeah. this terrible burden <laughs> yeah. of, of bringing truth to the frontier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, in the, in the, the stories from the Black Hills mm-hmm. uh, that David Milch wrote, and in the commentary, Milch brings up that the real character of A.W. Merrick was a horrible... Uh, uh, God, the word just escaped me. Uh, Reconnoiter? Hypochondriac. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say Trying to though. push it out of my head. <laughs> it won't go. Well, yeah, he said, Hypochondriac? Yeah, and he said, like, when you read the Deadwood Pioneer from back then, it's a lot... Every... Uh, edition has something about some sickness or <laughs> condition that he's developed. Uh, and I don't see a whole lot of that in A.W. Merrick except for, like, there's a, f- a couple times in episode coming up we'll talk about it, but, like, here he's just sneezing a whole lot. Well, it's also <laughs> happening during uh, the Reverend's uh, eulogy, and so there's this kind of thing of this kind of it's kind of sums up all of Deadwood, this elegance but then also this, like, you know, yeah, these elements that you can't escape from. Like you, you can you know talk about religious aspects all you want and make it this kind of this you know spiritual thing, but it's still in the mud. It's still yeah. garbage. There's still this hypochondriac asshole. Yeah, that's <laughs> just sneezing. And uh, the actor, and I think a few episodes past, we both couldn't come up with the name of the actor for the Reverend, but it's Ray McKinnon. Okay. Uh, he does this great like side glance mm-hmm. at Merrick as he hands him a, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm all out of words, man. Uh, <laughs> handkerchief uh-huh. hands him a handkerchief and just is like, and who is our comfort? The Lord is our fire. <laughs> uh, that was a, that was a great little moment. And, uh, there's a lot I'm noticing already in this, in this series, this is episode three. Mm -hmm. A lot of these characters already feel so lived in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we discussed earlier, you brought up the fact that it might help because of all the practical sets and they kind of live in the town. Uh, But a lot of these characters, just these subtle little uh, revelies, as they might say, (laughs) reveries, reveries, revelies with a bugle, Uh, reverie, these little, (laughs) subtle shadings by the actors that are so good. And like these characters, like three episodes in, they feel like they're fully inhabiting these mm-hmm. characters. <clears throat> As a Reverend goes on, we see Cy Tolliver mm-hmm. and the Bella union crew <laughs> right into town, right into town. And they are they're They're got a, a veritable parade going. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> this big uh, signs on the side of their wagons and all the whores are on horseback <laughs> <laughs> waving at people and it's like whenever like a franchise like a big franchise fast food restaurant opens up in like a small town like mm-hmm. across the street from just some like bullshit diner mm-hmm. I mean the fast yeah. food's bullshit too but it's just like hey we're here now like <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yes <laughs> you're welcome town no um it was there's another funny part like I feel this this might just be me reading into it but I feel like we're hitting a boring part of the reverend's eulogy yeah he goes like and who is our lord or like who is our great savior the lord of hosts is our great savior. It's, it's very circuitous like we're getting into the like nitty-gritty details of like the scripture yeah. and it's like Oh, here's some horse. <laughs> some uh, so yeah, Al uh, looks out the window. As, I can only as... imagine what's going through his mind. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I, you know, later in the episode they bring this up, but I thought Al looking at him you know, later in the episode, Al talks about how, you know, where were they when I was down in the gulch chopping mm-hmm. trees? Mm-hmm. Like their entrance is so much different than what he had to deal with. <laughs> like, uh, they have a, a building ready to go for them. Yeah. Uh, in, like, a place where there's already a uh, client base mm-hmm. or, or, you know, customer base. Mm-hmm. There's already, like, a clientele that are prospectors, like, willing to spend all their money on this stuff. And they're just like, oh, well, you know, uh, us too. Yeah. They just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was... That was interesting. Um, and then we, we, we go back to the eulogy and this is where the reverend starts to kind of get to his point and he's the line that he lands on he's talking about um in so many words like we all need to work together and he kind of looks right at seth and says a man's way pleaseth the lord when he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him like and he looks at Seth like you got you got that. <laughs> He's there's a few times where he very is like, hey Seth, listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then they they kind of you know finish up and Merrick asks if he can tell edify his readers as to how Tom Mason came to be shot and Seth's like don't want to discuss it. <laughs> I think he says I don't know what edify means. <laughs> I don't know what edify means. <laughs> uh, Seth being Seth. Mm-hmm. So then we cut. <laughs> Al finally gets to let loose whatever he was thinking when he saw the Bella Union crew. <laughs> Just runs up to EB and says, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we find out that they've bought up. There was another hotel uh, mm-hmm. run by this guy, Artie Simpson. And Artie Simpson is packing up. <laughs> Get the fuck out of town. <laughs> He is he is right out of there the yeah. minute they show up. <laughs> and Al just kind of shouts at him because I made a practical goddamn business decision. I love Hardy Simpson and yeah, I wish yeah. we had more of him. <laughs> I love that line he I love that line he says where um I forget what Al says, but he's like <laughs> he's like, Don't think I don't know your mind. Yeah. Uh, uh he, I think it's right after yeah. Al says, Drive careful, <laughs> cocksucker. <laughs> And that's when, like, his armed guard, like, his yeah. four armed guards come up <laughs> alongside him. That is so, like, that that's a underratedly hilarious part where he's just like, 
I'm in an armored wagon. I got four armed people with me. (laughs) So now we cut to the number 10 saloon and (laughs) oh boy. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, Jack is really like, uh, making fun of wild bill. Um, he, he says something to the effect of like, even though broken clocks, right? Twice a day. Yeah. And just saying, like, come on, Wild Bill, can't you bet more than that? And I, I love that bit that he says when uh, Wild Bill actually, like, you know, wins. He's like, oh, one in a row. <laughs> That's one in a row for you, Wild Bill. <laughs> that is very good, Owen. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, so, so he finally beats Jack, and then we get perhaps the best soliloquy in the history of Deadwood. <laughs> Uh, and we're just going to splice in the audio at this point yeah. because it's so good. And also, I don't want to say the yeah. word that much. Sure you want to quit playing, Jack? The game's always between you and getting called a cunt. Meeting's adjourned, fellas. Take it outside. That dropped eye of yours looks like the hood on a cunt to me, Jack. When you talk, your mouth looks like a cunt moving. I ain't going to get in no gunfight with you, Hickok. But you will run your cunt mouth at me. And I will take it to play poker. Boy, that's good. <laughs> and, and what I also like is um, the camera work on that. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of, it, it's right up in on Bill's face. And it's kind of, is that like a fisheye lens I that they use? I'm not, sh- I don't, I'm not sure. It's it's really like um, you get the feeling of like unhingedness mm-hmm. and like whereas Wild Bill for all this time has been so composed mm-hmm. and like straight backed and uh, uh, in control of everything. This is the first time we kind of see a crack in his facade mm-hmm. uh, in like his composure. Mm-hmm. I I thought that was well. I, I mean, we see that before when uh. When he was a, uh, when like Jack pissed him off again, and he was like, you know, be clear in what you mean, and it was the eight. Oh or yeah, whatever. the third eight. But the, yeah, the third eight. Be clear what you mean when you say that you outdrew me. And mm-hmm. this time he's just like, you're, I fuck, you're fucking awful. I hate you. <laughs> you're a piece of shit. You're awful. You're. Yeah, yeah. This this time, whereas the third eight, he was like, it was more like you gonna say what you want. Like this time, you can see he's his like you know his eyes twitching or whatever, yeah. and uh, just every way he can call him a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> every way. Oh my god, <laughs> so good. Uh, anyway, go to Doc's and Doc is just kind of talking to Jane and Charlie. Uh, <laughs> so Doc informs them that like they don't need to worry about Al anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Al found another way to take care of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some very good back and forth with Jane and Charlie. <laughs> Did you have any notes on this one? <laughs> Thanks, somebody. I don't know if I can read my handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do, I do love that bit where like uh, Charlie says something and like she just screams at him. He's like, "Will you two keep it down?" <laughs> but it's not Charlie though. It's always Jane. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Dayton Callie has a good line reading at the end. He's like. Yeah, she shouts something at him. 
And and he's like, he snores all night. Yeah. And Dayton Kelly. Oh just yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Some things have passed a person's control. <laughs> he just like smiles yeah. as he said it, like through gritted teeth. Yeah. That's some good, like Jane and Charlie are, uh, I think, yeah, last last episode we had that good, uh, Sunday rose on day I pay you my <laughs> uh, Well, I don't think that that uh, dynamic ever stops giving us gold. It's really funny, though, because they're both kind of like uh, Wild Bill's like, children. So it's like bickering brother and sister. Yes. And so they just, they don't stop being at each other even though like you know charlie's willing to concede so many times but jane never yeah is never gonna let up yeah you uh i feel like that's a, that's a really good comparison i feel like jane is and, and bill knows how to treat both of them like he's a bit rougher on charlie because he knows charlie is more put together yeah um and with jane he's always just very sweet and very mm-hmm. nice uh so then we get uh, the Reverend and Seth talking to each other, and we learn Reverend's backstory. Mm-hmm. Kind of, he was a medic or like a, a field nurse or something, something like that at the yeah. Second Battle of Manassas, which is like, I mean, you look up those stats from the Civil War, and it's like twenty thousand people die a day and stuff like that. It's what does he say? Like that was a good deal of violence. Like, <laughs> man, it was you know apocalyptic. Yeah. Um, back then and i think he brought this up earlier in an earlier episode about you know doc being in the war and having his outlook on on the world and the reverend having being in the war just as just as you know well and having the complete opposite yeah and so they're these kind of two and i think this this whole episode watching it is about getting loyalty or loyalties and partnerships and people Mm -hmm. like i have to be aligned with this person i have to be you know connected with this person and um the Reverend and Doc are kind of depending on everybody and everybody kind of depends on them. They need the, you know, they're two extremes, but like, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, full headedly, the Reverend's not that he's just, he's spiritual. Yes. Yeah. You know, he's very spiritual. Whereas the doc is very pragmatic and doesn't trust anybody, but you yeah. can trust the doc. That's true. And they're both, they're two of like probably the, the three people that everybody can trust in Deadwood are doc the Reverend and Ellsworth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the Holy Trinity of people that you're able to trust. God, I wonder if else I'm trying to remember if we hear Ellsworth's backstory at any point, but that would be interesting if they all came out of, as a reference, say out of that great crucible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause the doc, you know, I, I'm not inclined to disagree with docs. Um, outlook. Out, yeah, yeah. The way he interprets, that stuff. And I, I also think the series is inclined to agree with it as well. Yeah. I think that, you know, the David Milch mindset is very much in line with the docs. And he's showing the Reverend as kind of another thing that he's not familiar with. Or not right. that he's not familiar with, but it doesn't really align with his own sensibilities. Yeah. I, I really want to dig in more to the character of the Reverend because... In a, in a series like this where there's so many characters standing in for, uh, like, societal institutions, mm-hmm. uh, we don't really have a stand-in for the church or religion. Yeah. The reverend's kind of an obvious, um, what do you call it, you know, symbol of the, the mm-hmm. church, but he doesn't perform... At least to my mind, the he doesn't f- perform sermons. He just per- mostly performs eulogies. 
Yeah, eulogy. <laughs> like, that's all. He, that's all they like calling him for is like, uh, hey, yeah, this person died. Can you say something nice about him? Right, and you you never see him like collecting tithe. No. Or you know, a lot of the stuff that you know, maybe I'm just maybe I just have too dark a view on the church. Right. But to he's, me, he, he doesn't. He's kind of like uh, like I said before. He's kind of like uh, the ideal of what you would want from a spiritual a person. Absolutely. Of. Uh, a very spiritual person and a very charitable person. Yeah. He's, he's kind of living the actual words of the scripture. Yeah. Uh, when I think of one character symbolizing the church in religion, I always go to there will be blood mm-hmm. and Eli Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I think that was, is the great movie of commerce versus religion. Uh huh. And that was, decidedly more cynical view of yeah, yeah. the institution. This is the opposite of Yeah. Of <laughs> so maybe Sunday. like that's my own problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, it, it does lead to one of my favorite, I, I should have written down what he's saying up to this, but he's mm-hmm. kind of letting Seth in on like, you know, everyone has their own function and we're all here to serve each other and witness. Mm-hmm. And Seth says, if you're preaching at me, Reverend, you need to put some more light on the text. Mm-hmm. And he says, if I'm preaching at you, Mr. Bullock, I do you a disservice. So good, man. Yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> uh, uh, That's a beautiful moment. And it's followed up by Seth being Seth yeah. to the max. <laughs> <laughs> so Saul had approached Al about like, hey, I'd really like to buy that lot. And... Al is preoccupied with the Bell Union arriving. Yeah, He's yeah. like, not right now. <laughs> like, if you want an answer right now, the answer is no. So Seth was like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm backing off. No big deal. He comes and tells Seth, like, we're not ready. <laughs> Seth is like smiling and walking with the Reverend. He goes, not ready, Seth. He goes, what the, what's the hold on? <laughs> Gets so angry immediately. And I also, yeah, that's it. That's it. I forgot to write it down. I meant to, but like, he's like, God damn it. And the reverend's like, well, I'll be going now. (laughs) It's great. Like standing straight and just like waves, like see you guys. (laughs) Bye. But yeah, she's like, I've been chopping wood all night. Yeah. (laughs) Shut up. He's like, I told, I didn't tell you to do that. I told you to hold (laughs) off on that. I'm good. Also like, Seth, Saul told him that he was 98% sure. He said, yeah. you said you were certain. He's like, 90, he said, you said 98%. <laughs> 98 not 100. God damn. <laughs> Seth, Seth, Seth. Now we get uh, maybe the best dynamic in the show, and that's EB and Jane. <laughs> so we go to... We go to the uh, Grand Central, and they want to get another room so Jane can take care of the girl. Mm-hmm. Undertaker looking, son of a bitch. This little girl's doctor ordered to live indoors, and I'm assigned to change your dressings. A sad story. That's none of my affair, madam. If I guess your sex correct. <laughs> this is a great... This this goes back again to E.B. when he sees <laughs> someone who th- he perceives as being in a lower class uh-huh. than him. He is going to shit all over he their head. He has no time for them at all. And <laughs> not only does he not have time, he only has time to shit on them <laughs> and to let them know that he's better than... The, or he thinks he's better than they are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he has a little bit of power in them, and so he's going to like enact that as much as possible. He's like, I'm behind this desk. You're not getting in. <laughs> and and I love it. <laughs> the same the same eloquence he uses to suck up to people yeah. he uses to trash people which is <laughs> madam <laughs> 
so Bill comes in and automatically EB sits up straight and mm-hmm. straightens the stuff out and uh, Bill just says like the lady can stay in mm-hmm. my room and you know Charlie because EB's point is that uh, Artie Simpson's hotel just closed mm-hmm. uh, and all these people were waiting for a room before her like is, is that not simple fairness yeah <laughs> and uh, so Bill says like she'll just stay in my room and Charlie can stay in his that way mm-hmm. no one uh, has to change rooms. Mm-hmm. EB says, I want to raise questions of decorum. <laughs> and Bill says, with who? <laughs> EB says, no one of consequence, I guess. <laughs> EB, I love you. I also, I also love that when Bill walks away, but like Jane is still in earshot, he goes, there will be a rate change. <laughs> he has a really strange thing. He goes, I've heard stories, madam. I tell you that at Flagfall. Which I like had to Google, and I guess it means for free. Uh huh. <laughs> that is, but yeah, he goes. There will be a rate adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> and she's. It's so funny because he's trying to put her in her place, and yeah. she doesn't care. No, she's like, go fuck yourself, <laughs> Undertaker looking son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is good. Um, so yeah, now we get the scene where Al is in his room and he's dressing up to go see. The Bell Union people, and this mm-hmm. is when he talks about how, uh, where were they when I was down in the creek chopping wood with, with a beaver <laughs> slap on their tail? Details like we were hired entertainment. That's, <laughs> that's so fucking good. That's real good. Yeah. Trixie says something to the effect like, I'd pay good money to see you mm-hmm. doing that. And he goes, Don't think I could, I didn't go blow for blow with Dan. I can play that shit when I have to. <laughs> There's a really good beat, and he's like, But I've been to Chicago too. Like, straighten himself up. That's a that's a good like, and that's what I was talking about. These mm-hmm. characters already lived in. Is like, already yeah. His delivery like straighten up and like, motherfucker. I've been to a city. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of telling also because in 1876 Chicago is still, <clears throat> I believe around the late 1880s is when it overtook Saint uh, uh, Philadelphia for the second most popular populous. Mm-hmm. city um uh, and it was kind of still regarded as like a cow town like literally because they had the union stockyards there it was like the largest uh cattle stockyards in the in slaughterhouse in mm-hmm. the country so it was still <clears throat> kind of considered a rough town you know city of broad shoulders and all that mm-hmm. um so his idea of refinement was still to like east coast people like brom garrett is still kind of you know shit kicker mm-hmm. um I'm not sure the Bell, Bella Union. I thought they were like from Missouri, or on like Saint around St. Louis or so, because they talk about being on a um, paddle boat, mm-hmm. like running a saloon on a paddle boat in the Mississippi. But on the episode description on HBO Go, it says um, it says Chicago. So hmm. maybe it is Chicago. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, so Al walks into the Bella Union, just introduces himself. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting to see, uh, like he kind of <laughs> talks to Joni first, and Joni's mm-hmm. like, if you "Come on in when we're open. We'll uh, find you somewhere to lay." Because he says it used to be mm-hmm. a hotel. And uh, so Al introduces him himself as the owner of the gym, and like Sai just kind of gives a little look, and then like Joni and uh, Eddie kind of mm-hmm. like snap to us. Like you can yeah. see them kind of like get information. Yeah, <laughs> like they're they've. <laughs> they have a routine down for this sort of thing. Uh, I thought that was very illustrative of that whole mm-hmm. 
you know, this is because this is the first we're seeing of the Bell Union crew, mm-hmm. other than like riding up in the camp. Yeah. Also, uh, I just wrote down Ricky fucking Jay. Yeah. Rick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so exciting to see him, mm-hmm. and uh, he doesn't really disappoint as Eddie Sawyer. <laughs> but Joni, as we'll get, we'll get into later. Yeah, Joni. Yeah, I think next episode there's like one particular line where I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Like I think she's a really good character. Yeah, she I just think that the it's like you're talking about these characters being lived in, but there's this and I'll I'll, I'll bring it up again in the next episode, but like you see Joni and she's talking to this other character who just came in and I was like she didn't know that guy before the episode started. I mm-hmm. don't believe that like she's just not you know, Cy Tolliver, you look at him, he's you know, just from the get go. Yeah. yeah. And Ricky Jay's character, everybody else, but just Joni, you're like, no, she just, she's not convincing. And I feel like, I don't know if it was just like a mis, like just being miscast or. Yeah, I don't know. She had worked with David Milch before this. She was in a show called The Apple, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. It was, it was also had Ed O'Neill in it. Mm. Uh, It was like a cop show, New York, uh, David Milch wrote. Um, so I guess David Miltz just likes her. Yeah. So for, you know, and she's gotten a lot of other work too. So I'm not saying she's a bad actor. I'm just saying like for this particular character, I just, I don't buy the dynamic between her and Cy Tolliver. I see. Yeah. And it's weird because like Ricky Jay is just very much Ricky Jay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And there's, there's not much. It's fine. He's, he's (laughs) such, he's just a, he's just a living character anyway. Yeah. That he's just like it's Ricky Jay, yeah, of course Ricky. You just you just see it as like every iteration you see of Ricky Jay is just Ricky Jay in a different universe. Yeah, and it works perfectly because yeah. he's you know a card sharp, mm-hmm. you would call him. Yeah, 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 magician, card sharp. Yeah. What uh, <laughs> Al says, you folks must have trained with the heathens <laughs> to come up on us unbeknownst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lengthy like it's kind of expository where they talk about Custer. And, uh, <laughs> like, I'm a little bit lost because they do a lot of explaining about how, like, yeah, I've been kicked out a few times, but then so many soldiers were deserting the prospect that they just gave up the ghost and stopped trying to keep us from coming into the Indian territory. And they talk about Custer, which, mm-hmm. uh, they, they, there's a little bit like, yeah, how about that long haired cocksucker? Yeah. Like, and, and size is something effective. He did a hell of a job for our side. And I didn't know if he's being sarcastic or not, because Custer like lost. Yeah, I think I, I think he's. Uh, but yeah, and then there's the great uh, exchange between him and Joni. It's like I tell you this, son, you can mark my words. Crazy horse went into Little Bighorn, bought his people one good long-term ass fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want to be a dirt-worshipping heathen from this fucking point forward. <laughs> Pardon my French. And Joan says, oh, I speak, I speak French. French. <laughs> I love that. That was, a good, that was really good. Okay, she starts out well. <laughs> yeah. We'll uh, cover. <laughs> we should have a, a chart. I'm like, yeah. how's Joni doing? Yeah. <laughs> how's Joni right. doing? She speaks French. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so then they start talking about, you know, oh, where should we go in areas of overlap? Like, <laughs> like uh, Joni says... Far as pussy, we'll just let the market sort itself out. And Al goes, sounds like I'm up against specialty acts. And I think that's so. They start talking about you know table games, mm-hmm. and they do uh, what is it, craps and Pharaoh, which yeah. they do at uh, at the gym as well. Yeah, they do Pharaoh at the gym. So 
like, so do we want to agree on something? Sigh. <laughs> what, what does he say about craps? He's like, I don't do craps against the hoopleheads. <laughs> <laughs> it was so <laughs> condescending. He's yeah. like, oh, ooh, ooh. Like, he, <laughs> he, like <laughs> his eyes can't focus. And gets the hoopleheads all confused. <laughs> so, yeah, they do Pharaoh. Uh, uh, and so uh, Sigh kind of tells it. He throws some serious shade right in Al's face mm-hmm. where he's like, even in areas of overlap, I don't think we're looking at too much of a problem. It's like, you're a pioneering type, a yeah. trailblazer type. You're going to get a trailblazing element. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. He's kind of like slapping him in the face of like, Oh, you did all the work for me. Like you're going to get all those people who appreciate that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All that, all yeah. that hard work out in yeah. the mud. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, uh, <laughs> Al says, you mean I got the ones that don't wash, yeah. <laughs> But then Eddie has a great line coming back where he's like, bet the gold cuts through the stink. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Eddie's like the best. Mm-hmm. They should, I wish uh, like Eddie and Saul just took off and had their own company yeah. uh, and their own show. <laughs> and they would be the best together. <laughs> then we get to um, Brahma's talking to Wild Bill about how he can get his money back. Mm-hmm. Wild Bill's just like, it sounds like you just lost your money. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what you want me to do about it. He's like, I don't, I'm not going to steal your money back. And problems. Like, I make no terms as to method. <laughs> he says, you don't figure a good talking to would do the trick. And <laughs> <laughs> just good, good, uh, line. Charlie has another good line where he, where he says like, uh, this Tim Driscoll you bought from, mm-hmm. he said he was in my room. Like yeah. there's a fresh stain on the floor. Yeah. When I checked he, it. he may have checked out. He may have checked out less of an amount of blood. <laughs> Short a useful yeah. amount of blood. Short a useful amount of blood. <laughs> Which is like I've started using that now. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, just short a useful amount of whatever. I love that useful amount of blood. <laughs> <laughs> Could have used that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and then they're like trying to warn Brahma about like, look, don't mess with these people. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> Brahma's. I quite take your meaning. I'll <laughs> seek my recompense in some other fashion. <laughs> you know, he f- f- flounces off to whatever the fuck. <laughs> that asshole. And there's a, you know, I don't think he took your meaning quite. No, I think he quite missed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those guys are so good. And that's when Charlie suggests that they get dinner with Seth and Saul. Yeah, he's, he sets up the aspect I really love about the show, the double date. Yes. Like he's, he's so excited about it. Like the way And the way that plays out is so beautiful. <laughs> There's another great line when he, when he asks him. I feel like I should have brung poses. Should have brung poses. <laughs> so good. Uh, but he, here he's, you can see it's this thing where he's trying to kind of get Bill to do something other than just piss his money away because he's not making any money. He's just trying to get him from, hey, like I was saying about how this episode's about like aligning with people, like, hey, these people are kind of have similar kind of similar mindsets of us. Let's be friends with them. Yeah, give him some, yeah, it's it's a thing of kind of like, if Bill's not feeling like he has to live for Charlie and Jane and yeah. his new wife, you know, maybe if he has new friends, it'll mm-hmm. give him a reason to keep going. And it's also, you know, Seth was, you know, had his back twice already. And so clearly yeah. Seth, you know, admires him and while Bill admires Seth as well. 
Mm-hmm. And so he's like, yeah, let's look, obviously, let's set up this double date. <laughs> it's a no brainer. Yeah. And he says he says to him, like, wouldn't it be good to eat with someone who isn't trying to take all your money at poker or blow your fucking head off? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, for some reason, I really like Wild Bill's mark me down as a yes. <laughs> yeah. Mark, mark me down as a yes. I just like had an interior like picture of like an Evite. Yeah. <laughs> Wild Bill's got his little avatar with the yes. Jesse's <laughs> showing up and then Charlie likes it that he's showing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so now we get a scene in the Bell Union. I don't know how I feel about the scene, but Al's discussing like the Bell Union with... Oh, you mean the scene at uh, Al's office? Yeah, it's yeah. in Al's office. He's kind of talking to him about, like, um, is this the one where he goes, do not repeat back to me yeah, what yeah, I he's... just said in my <laughs> different fucking words. <laughs> and EB's just, like, yeah, doing that. And then he says, like... Who cut the cheese? Oh, yeah. yeah. Who cut the cheese? I don't get that whole farting thing. Yeah, that's like, kind of... Uh, yeah, that, that, that just kind of didn't really land. But, I mean, it's, yeah. you're like, oh... But Al's so, like, intense when he talks. You're like, wait, does that mean something else? <laughs> Is he? And then he literally goes outside and he's like, "If you have to fart in here, go out on the patio." I'm like, "Oh no, he was. That's what he was talking about." No, he was mad about a fart. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's to illustrate how like unhinged he is mm-hmm. at this point, like how preoccupied and stressed out. So every little, like literally, a fart is going to set him off. He's going to throw someone over yeah. the balcony. <laughs> he sets up a fart zone. Yeah. <laughs> outside, uh, but so he tells. I think it's. I think it's Jimmy, who's their uh, dope head. Like, get close to the Pharaoh dealer at the Bella Union. Like, because he's a dope fiend also. Like, mm-hmm. he spotted it that well. Uh, he's like, get close to him. And, you know, <laughs> Jimmy has this great, like, you want me to get next to him, Mr. Sorengin? Give me a few dollars so I can go play at his table. <laughs> I was like, stop hustling. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love, love that. that the guy was automatically like, well, yeah, okay, I'll get next to him. Um, Let's see, I should you know, be really good. Table. You know, be really. Well, you know, what would really sell it is if I had money to gamble with. Yeah, let's see. I can get next. Yeah, just uh, okay. Uh, give me a couple bucks, and I'll go out there and like play this day. house. like, God damn it. And also, his frustration and like his team, he has to work with. Whereas, like, clearly, Sai already has this kind of contingency of like. Like all these people who know what they're doing very well, but he just has all these hoople heads working for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we go to the Garrett's hotel room, and oh, Brom-, yeah. <laughs> Brom is telling Alma that he's gonna get his gold back no matter what, mm-hmm. and Alma's like, mm, "I don't know." <laughs> this is when she so patronizingly like, "Before you go, just take, take a your walk." walk. <laughs> <laughs> he's like. Don't ask me to amend my purpose. <laughs> God, he's such a little shit. I was so happy that he died. <laughs> I hated him. <laughs> you're like, you hate him so much, you're just spoiling the episode. Well, like, I mean, at this point, if you're listening, you should have watched the whole episode. So, yeah. Uh, yes, I hope, I'm glad he's dead, and I hope he burns in hell. Uh, so, uh, and then he... He goes like, uh, uh, if you, <laughs> if I am stooped when next you see me, Alma, it won't be worry weighing me down, but bags of our recovered gold. <laughs> and she just pats him. Yeah. It's like, take your walk. Take your, that's nice, <laughs> go, honey. Just, just all right, get the fuck, your, get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah, and that's, you know, he had said that 
he doubts Wild Bill was up to the task of getting his money anyway, and they see him sleeping in the hallway, and he's like, see? Huh. Look at this uh, rogue. Um, and then uh, Alma kind of sees Jane, oh. <laughs> and she kind of starts to talk to her. For the longest time, I was like, what is she doing? Just like going, oh, like, mm-hmm. what is she? But And I realized, like, that's the first time she's seen another woman mm-hmm. <laughs> since she got to the... <laughs> I was just uh, like, yeah, I guess so. Aside from the aside from the child, but yeah, like she uh, hasn't seen the child yet. Jane? Oh, oh, you're talking about Alma? Alma. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alma, yeah, Alma's just been in her room the whole time, and so she's trying to connect with this person who feels like they don't even belong in the hotel. Like that nobody wants them there. Yeah, and so she just like slams the door. <laughs> yeah, because Jane, and then Jane, you know, she has a little model or. Uh, kind of talk with the little girl mm-hmm. where she's saying like people are terrible like you shouldn't learn english and know how terrible he's <laughs> That's... so you know she's obviously like not trusting anyone at this point yeah. what i also love about that is it ties into something that happens later in the episode where you see her like just because you know you see jane being able to talk to this little girl and the girl mm-hmm. little girl can't understand her but the little girl's not going to judge her she doesn't know what jane's saying and so jane can just be herself and yeah. so she says that line to see how ignorant people are. So there's mm-hmm. a self-consciousness in Jane that I kind of detected from that. Oh, yeah. That's a very good point. And also that has to be one of the few people, uh, that being the little girl, has to be one of the few people that Jane spends time around that she doesn't feel threatened by. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously she obviously trusts Bill and Charlie to lesser extent. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, everyone else... She has to be constantly fearing for her life. Yeah. Uh, now, they've talked about, in some of my research, they've talked about how there's an average of a murder and a half per day in Deadwood mm-hmm. around this time. Mm-hmm. So, especially for, like, this loudmouthed woman, mm-hmm. it's got to be even worse. Um, so Sophia's just one of the few, you know, she can, she's an actual person. It's not just, mm-hmm. like, a... A dog, or yeah, something. it's not like Ellsworth you know? talking to a dog. You know? Yeah, she can, she can like say everything she wants to say, and she doesn't feel, th- you know, threatened. Uh, but uh, yeah, then so we go to uh, uh, Seth and Saul in their store. And <laughs> Jack, Jack is fumbling around in their stuff. <laughs> Seth just goes, "Look at that jackass." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, he just immediately, like, Seth immediately goes, man, fuck this asshole. <laughs> and Saul is like, can I help you with something, sir? <laughs> like, trying to, like, hey, you know how we run a business? And we should try and serve our customers. <laughs> uh, but in this case, Seth's instinct was closer to the correct one. Yeah. For once in his life. Uh, <laughs> just, just fucking, just, just throws Jack in the fucking mud. <laughs> Has no patience whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jack is all about, like, if I'm out here not at the poke table, then someone ain't gotten his just desires. <laughs> <laughs> and goes, at the poker table or otherwise. And don't ask me what I mean by that last part. <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? I told you. <laughs> not done. <I> done. <laughs> this is a drunk asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, the minute he says wild bill is when Seth, like, perks up and is like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, there's a few times where, like, just the name mention of Wild Bill, like Seth will perk up and be like, "Huh, what's going on?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, then he throws Jack, <laughs> and uh, 
Oh yeah, because cause, uh, Jack sees Charlie and he's like, Yeah, I know you. Where do I know you? He's like, You don't know me. And he was like, I can't, can't help you with that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dean Callie so much. He's uh-huh. so good. He's like, uh, uh. <laughs> And uh, that's when, yeah, he goes, You follow him around. And that's when Seth yeah, throws him in the mud. And uh, so that's, has, yeah. He has that line, I'd be lousy at retail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so so uh, that's when he invites him to dinner, <laughs> and then we get to feel like a should have brought your posers. <laughs> uh, and then it's, it's such a sweet like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Johnny Burns shows up and says Al wants to talk to him. And we see Alma watching Brom walk around. <laughs> this is what I'm absolutely hundred percent glad he's doing. He's got his. He's got like, does he have like a cane or something like that? No, he's just, he's just, just oh, he's got a cigar. That's yeah, what it is. He's just gesticulating like a fucking oh. idiot. Like, okay, now this is what I'm going to say, and this is how it's going to go. And another thing, I, I won't, I won't be talked out of this. Oh God! And she's like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then we get Al once again trying to negotiate a deal with Seth and Saul and. Uh, Seth manages, you know, let's give mm-hmm. him fair credit. He manages to control himself for the most part. I mean, there's uh, all, yeah, and it, it's also he's kind of Tess, like trying to, he's trying to figure out who sold, who like allowed Bella Union to come in from out, you know, out from under yeah. him. And so he's like, you know, must have been fucking them. And he's asking them, and like, you can't have this. And he's gauging them, and they're agreeing with him. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> EB's kind of like smiling, but kind of like, uh, okay, I thought this yeah. was, I was hoping this would go worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's just kind of looking around, but he seems to just be agreeing with whatever uh-huh. Al seems to be thinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's the really good line. It's like, see, I'm the simple type cocksucker <laughs> that when he sees lightning readies for thunder and takes the thunder, if it comes as part of the same fucking storm. Mm-hmm. Which that's reasonable, and Seth uh, Saul just keeps saying like, "Very reasonable, whatever you want." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can't have any association with the Bell Union, and Seth is like, "We can't sell them our wares," and he's like, "No, what do you think of that?" <laughs> 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 so good, and, and so they say, "Yeah," but then Al's like, "He retracts." He's like, "Well, I guess you can in your regular order of business, you can sell it." And Seth, I think Seth tries to like turn up. It's like, so we can sell them. Yeah. It's like, you're regular fucking wares. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, you're not going to pin me down on this, you little mm-hmm. shit. Uh, but yeah, so then they they uh, they uh, buy the lot and they can finally start building. And then we outside that soap and the prize inside assholes talking to Charlie. Just constantly hustling, trying to get to like... <laughs> Charlie to, to get Bill to do have an appearance. Yeah, I really hate that guy. <laughs> so and the, but like it, he doesn't miss a beat when like Charlie says no. He's like, soap with the prize. Soap with <laughs> the prize. Next the hustle. Next next hustle. But yeah, um uh so Seth, Saul and Seth tell him that they, they finally bought their lot and they're like, we have to, you know, skip dinner and <laughs> there's a heartbreaking little thing. Yeah. Like, Charlie just thinks they just don't want it just like a oh you're Suppose you don't want to go. And they're like, we just want to start building. Yeah. We'll see you at breakfast, breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> but like, oh, okay. He says, he says, uh, and this, this brings up what I was talking about earlier about how, you know, Charlie's just trying to get Bill not to throw his life away or just to waste himself. And, you know, he just has this kind of like 
side sting. Like, he's still being polite, but he has a side sting about, like, you know, I guess we'll catch Bill, you know, leaving the poker tables yeah, at oh, breakfast. And so yeah. he's just like, yeah, well, you know, you're enabling. <laughs> like, oh, I was doing this to not have him throw his life away, but you're going to enable him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read it as that, but that's probably closer yeah. to what it is. Like, just, I but he's, guess he's still really, but he's, we won't be he's, able to... He's, he's, it's kind of like a, it's like your mother though. Like, you know, she's being sweet or something, but she's like, yeah, well, you know, this is going to kill me someday. But that's fine. I'm sure you need to do whatever you need to do. (laughs) I'm sure you're going to do it anyway. Uh, all right. Now, (laughs) EB comes into the value. (laughs) He's doing the worst acting. Yeah. My goodness. My heavens. <laughs> heavens to Betsy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then he just walks up to, to Eddie, and this is where we find out that uh, EB was the go-between because they had come to him at, wanting to buy his hotel, and he just like turned him to Artie Simpson because he was kind of like, oh, well, uh, if Artie Simpson goes out of business, that's you know I can start charging higher rates because there's one less. I think he's the only... Uh, hotel in town at this point mm-hmm. uh, so that's good for him but he's saying that you know Al's gonna kill me he's on to me he's gonna... <laughs> and he's just like alright well I mean we'll cross our bridge when we come to it yeah also why did you come here <laughs> yeah this is probably not a smart place for you to be if you're worried about that mm-hmm. but uh, you know, we did, we get EB <laughs> bragging about how he can read and cipher <laughs> <laughs> It's a great C O A M E says come. <laughs> you really can read. Well, I was raised not to lie or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's just to find out that E B was a go between. Mm-hmm. Then we see uh, Al back in his office. He's bribing Leon, the Bell Union dope head, with mm-hmm. uh, some dope. Uh, he like sees E B leaving. He's like that. See that motherfucker. See that Judas goat looking. <laughs> Judas goat, goat looking fuck. <laughs> does he? He just keeps like. What does he say? It's like uh, makes fun of his damp palms too. It just like constantly <laughs> like a piece of shit. Yeah, he says something like, "See that guy with the damp palms." Yeah. <laughs> There's no way he can. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Johnny shows up and says that uh, the New York dude is asking for him, and Al's like, eh, no good. Tell him the fuck off. Yeah. And he goes, he keeps mentioning the Pinkertons. (laughs) And now we get to start dealing with the Pinkertons, who will not leave us for the rest of the... Like, we'll be worrying about Pinkertons for a long time. The Pinkertons were a... uh, I guess a security firm, a security in like a detective agency. They started Alan Pinkerton, like foiled an assassination plot against Abraham Lincoln. And then after that, like Lincoln, like hired them as this like private security for the rest of the war. And then they developed into like this whole security and detective firm. And, uh, they're most famous for like busting up like pro the union, like uh, strikes, like they were the ones that were in the uh, um, homestead strike where they killed like seventy people, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, but you know, Pinkertons are still around to this day. They're like a private really? security firm. Yeah, I like looked okay. it up and like, yeah, they're still around, man. <laughs> we, uh, should, we should have them on. 
They're not. <laughs> hey, uh, we would like to talk to you about. Uh, but I think back then they were kind of like a private sector version of the FBI. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now they're just like, you know private security and stuff like that. Uh, but Brom, you know, tells Al that he wants satisfaction, <laughs> uh, and if he doesn't get it, he can get in contact with the Pinkertons because his dad is. Use the Pinkertons. His father. His father. <laughs> father. <laughs> yeah, he's employed the Pinkertons a few times, and they're on f- friendly terms, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Al kind of, like, makes his face at Dan the minute the word Pinkerton <laughs> shows up. He's like, okay, we're going to have to kill him. Yeah. Like, like just... <laughs> Reconnoitering the rims. <laughs> wordlessly communicate. Yeah. Uh, we have to kill him now? Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, then he asks, like, have you reconnoitered the rims? <laughs> uh, and the crowd goes wild. It's like, yeah. oh, name of the episode. <laughs> Like uh, in Pee Wee's Playhouse goes mm-hmm. wild or whatever. <laughs> um, take him out and reconnoiter the rims <laughs> and, you know, see if it really is. If it is pinched, I'll give you the money. Mm-hmm. And then just to like underscore it, he goes, you know, make it look like an accident. Mm-hmm. And uh, as Brom leaves, now this is something I kind of noticed. There's a part when Wild Bill leaves after his cunt soliloquy. Uh-huh. It's a shot. Kind of a kind of a medium shot of him leaving, and it's dark in there, and the light is streaming in from outside. It's a very Walter Hill looking shot, mm-hmm. uh, and there's almost the same shot of Brom as he leaves the gem. Like it's almost a, like it's the same like um, framing, the same like lighting where it's mm-hmm. really dark in the gem, and there's light streaming from outside. Yeah, I don't know the uh, that might be significant, or it might just be like we need. To, get a shot of him leaving yeah yeah <laughs> but uh uh anyway then <clears throat> we go back to the garrett's room and alma's just like i don't like this idea let's just say this was an adventure we had that we paid twenty thousand dollars for and just leave it at that and brahm's just like this won't do father will <laughs> like yeah he, he's all bring up father and and he also brings up the fact that like uh I mean, he would have to get his father to approve first. And so, yeah, he was kind of bluffing about that thing. But he's like, oh, I scared him. I, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, if I do get the Pinkertons, I'll need father to be there. And he'll want to know if I reconnoitered the rims. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and so Brom strikes me as, um, you know, the, the easiest interpretation is kind of like, this is a rich guy who doesn't know what he's doing, but he, he strikes me as a, this very particular sort of young guy who is making these decisions. And like, I feel like when you're young, you feel like you need to make a bold decision in one way. And like, everyone is telling him like, dude, don't no, 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 no. This is a bad idea. But he's like, no, I must prove myself to father. I must prove myself a success. And it's like, you dude, no, <laughs> like you need to just chill. And because he's young, he gets the consequences of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's, that was just on this rewatching doing this show. I was kind of like, he's kind of like if, if I hadn't gone to college and just like struck out in the world, <laughs> he was like, you know what? Take all that college money, just buy an RV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And then there's a thing where, Prom asks Alma why she takes that medicine. And he says, you know why? It's for my headaches. And he's like, I took some. I had quite a headache the other day. I took some. And he goes, I'd hardly call the floating numb feeling relief. 
She's like, she, I guess it works different for this different sex. <laughs> yeah. She she composes yeah, herself yeah. and was like <sighs> like don't say what you're thinking. <laughs> I wrote I wrote down that she was probably gonna say, I take this shit because you dumb, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's a, perhaps the sex is experienced a different mm-hmm. and he goes, Oh, oh, uh, oh well <laughs> never uh, mind. Uh, hope you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, we see the belly union open, whatever. So then we see... Uh, also, one of the... I can't point out on a podcast, but one of the whores at the belly union is Powers Booth's daughter. Okay. Which always... <laughs> I wasn't comfortable with. Yeah. But... Uh, so there's that information. Yeah. Uh and it's funny because, like, when you see her, you're like, you can see Powers Booth's face kind of, and you're like, oh. And she's not, like, an attractive woman. Right. Like, she's a very. But it's, like, it's that kind of thing of, like, when you look at, like, Jane Fonda and, like, in Barbarella, and you're like, oh, she's gorgeous, you know, one of the most yeah. beautiful women ever, ever. But then, like, you realize, oh, look how much she looks like Henry Fonda. Yes. And so you're just like, about Henry Fonda just, like, floating around naked in space. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, it it's, it's kind of like that. But then, um, there's there's a baseball player that looks like an ex of mine, and I, I never want to like bring it up to like. Uh, it always sounds strange, like tell other baseball fans, like yeah, Christian Yelich looks like an ex girlfriend, because <laughs> they're like, mm. like no, but like pretty. <laughs> uh, anyway, so then we get to Seth and Saul building their hardware shop. Uh, Bill and Charlie are helping them out, and we have these two hoople heads in the street. One of them. The guy's negging Bill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, I'll tell you this much, Bill. You can't act for shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yep. Uh, sure can't. And then there's the other one that's like in the EB position of like picking on the only thing lower than him to mm-hmm. make him look exalted. Yeah, look He's better like, to Why Bill. don't you get out of here, you stupid son of a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm just talking. <laughs> And this is the guy that's like, uh, you know, I saw you in Abilene or whatever. Mm-hmm. and You blew you, a guy's head clear off his neck. Yeah. And he, he talks about how, like, someone else was just like that motherfucker. I sorted him out. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> then they start to be like, all right, go away. You're bothering me. Well, he said, well, first, Bill's like, thank you. Thank you for your thanks, help. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for. Yeah. But yeah, but eventually he just won't stop. And Bill's like, get the- yeah, I'm tired <laughs> of listening to you. Tired of listening. He's like, oh, well, excuse me. There's a part where Bill goes, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he enunci- yeah. enunciates so well. It's great. Uh, and then you have the guy who says, I hope you get gut shot and die slow. And I hope they get you uh, sooner rather than later. And it's, it happens in this camp and I get to see it. In- <laughs> it's, it's like that... Uh- I was thinking of that scene in the King of Comedy that everybody talks about, or the, like the, the famous scene of where, like a uh, Jerry Langford played by Jerry Lewis, like walks through the street and they're showing like how people deal with him being like the most famous person on late night. Mm-hmm. And uh, this woman's in this phone booth. She's like, "Oh, Jerry Langford! Oh my God! Here, talk! I love you so much! Here, like saying how much she loves. Here, talk to my son." Just and he's like, "I can't." I can't. So she, and she goes, "You should only get cancer." <laughs> <laughs> Just like switches on him on a dime. Yeah. That's that's uh, kind of it seems like a timeless part of like celebrity, yeah. mm-hmm. and you can see in like Bill's face he's like, I'm really fucking tired of this. I God, like, yeah. I'm just trying to like work 
with some people I like, trying to help them out. It's it's it seems to be where it's therapeutic. He's talking to. He's like, you know... He's having fun with friends. Yeah, and he's like, you know, Montana, you seem real patient. Did you, you know... Were you born that way? Or something like that. If if anyone is yeah. uh, slow to anger, it's Seth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's something else I wanted to bring up. Like, does it seem to you like... Like, Bill has kind of a weird view of Seth where, like... He's like, aren't you, like, so patient? You're just the best. You're great with people. And all this stuff. And we're all just like... What is he talking about? Uh, it's well, like, I, I think well, Bill spends so much time like fucking gambling. He doesn't see Seth being really Seth. Yeah, maybe. So, and he just has the, he just all he sees is that he's got his back, and they have kind of similar ideas of justice and morality. Yeah, and um, Milch talks a lot about how Bill is like this father figure for uh, for Seth, mm-hmm. and maybe that's like his way of encouraging him and he's like oh look how aren't you so patient yeah like trying to reinforce those values Mm -hmm. where he sees a lot but yeah i think it's just he doesn't he just thinks he's great yeah um but yeah he just this this also reminds me of like that that look on bill's face where also his like hair is down in one of those well no i guess his hair is down often but it's kind of like you know uh uh windswept or whatever he's been mm-hmm. working yeah yeah he just looks uncomposed and a bit frazzled and you see he's vulnerable as well like in that moment and he's like trying to and there's somebody who literally tells you i hope you fucking die yeah like died in the worst way and slowly and painfully and it kind of reminds me of like the current climate where we can like get on twitter and like like do, hey man look i i've at tweeted a few celebrities. <laughs> I think uh, the the owner of the 49ers, who has just completely ruined my favorite football team, like a year ago, I just tweeted at him, like, I hope you had a bad Christmas. Because <laughs> he is a fucking asshole. But it's also like, you don't, I just do that. And I tweet at, like, you know, Greg Abbott. Uh, what happened? Does anything happen in between there? Yeah, so well, Bill just kind of walks away. He's like, I'm well, gonna go. Well, that's, that's what he said. Like, you see him, you look at his face and you see him just kind of like click like, all right, this isn't going to work. I got to go play poker. Yeah. and I guess I'm going to be abandoned in y'all or whatever he says. I don't think they show a shot of Charlie, but I can picture Charlie just deflating, being like, Fuss. oh, God. Yeah. Like, I thought I would finally. But, yeah. Um, we go back to Al's office and... Uh, we see him looking at Seth and Saul building with with a uh, Wild Bill and Charlie. And he's like, you know, for not knowing the guy, they sure are joined at the fucking. Thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he he's talking to Eb. Uh, and he's running all the over all the possible like who could have been the go between. Uh-huh. And Eb is like really nervous. <laughs> And he's like, what's wrong, E.B.? He's like, my palms are sweaty. (laughs) They're always sweaty. (laughs) They're always sweaty, E.B. So then, you know, E.B. cracks and he says, like, look, it was me. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to screw you. I just wanted to get Artie Simpson out of business. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd be the only hotel in town. Uh, There's, this is a really, this is like a turning point for -hmm. for Bill where he's like, am I going to kill him? Or... Because there's another thing where he says, like, I can burn this whole fucking ta- mm-hmm. camp to the ground. And EB's like, you have to trust somebody. Uh, well, what what also happens with the scene is that we see Dan leading Brom up to the 
up to his claim. And so mm-hmm. you, you have those juxtaposed and it seems, you know, the way it's set up and you have kind of, uh, you have EB and Alan, these tight shots. Mm-hmm. And then you have Dan in the dark, Dan and, you know, Brahm in the darkness. And oh. they're both <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Or, we, the way it's set up, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. They're, you know, it's, you know, Al and Dan versus yeah. and EB. There's, that's maybe like the downside of me having seen the whole series because I didn't know EB dies. But like, if this is your first time watching, like, mm-hmm. oh, is there about to be like a double mm-hmm. you know, HBO double murder yeah, yeah, yeah. thing? Yeah. Is this about to be an HBO show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This whole time, like, I think this is the turning point for Al where he's mm-hmm. like, I can't just kill everyone anymore. Yeah. Like, this isn't, this can't be the answer to all my problems. And EB says, like, you have to trust someone. Mm-hmm. EB's like, if you are going to kill me, I appreciate being quick <laughs> and, and not being et by the pigs. <laughs> et by the pigs. <laughs> In case there is resurrection of the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And so, uh, so Bill just says, like, uh, Al, I'm sorry, Al just says, oh, and there's a little thing where he kind of like licks his lips and mm-hmm. it's just like a predator on like mm-hmm. a piece of prey and it says like, stay friendly with him and you can report back to me and it's like, ugh. And then we cut to where uh, Dan has Brom to the top of the rim. <laughs> Brom has this pathetic like, oh, oh, Dan, no. <laughs> oh, no, please. He, he Like, I don't want to act like I'm some alpha male, like, I protect myself. I would at least like fight a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> Brom's just like, oh no, please no. Yeah. <laughs> father. <laughs> yeah. Dan just, does he say father? No, no. I'm just, he's, no like I thought he, he said, I, like I thought he said mother, but doesn't show up in the subtitles. Oh, I, don't. I thought I heard him say like mother as he falls. <laughs> But it's not in the subtitles, and they usually catch even small things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, maybe he does say fault, which would be appropriate, I guess. Um, But anyway, he does that, and Ellsworth sees it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we see uh, Wild Bill playing poker at the Bell Union now. Uh, And this is when we find out that Leon is Mm triple-timing. Like, he's, he's... Letting Al think that he's spying, but he tells Cy mm. that Al thinks he's spying, and blah blah. Uh, there's a scene in Jane's room. We go back to Al's room. Okay, and here's this is the end of the. Oh, geez, I didn't write down that. Okay, so yeah, Dan goes down and he like sees something in like a rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like what, and then he like brushes some trees back and rubs at the the side of the rim or whatever. Mm-hmm. And f- he can see something, uh, and then he finishes Brom off, and uh, it's pretty pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, now like, Brom's gone. Think good. <laughs> he just, <laughs> just smacked the shit out of the microphone. Just oh, thought it was Brom boy. for a second. Yep. <laughs> he's like, but that's so brutal. He's like, I'll take care of you, and just picks his head up and then just like slams it down. Yeah. Uh, now we don't have to worry about Brom anymore. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we go to Al's room and uh, Trixie is shaving his calluses on yeah. his foot. And uh, in this book, um, the the uh, there was an they talked to um, Paula Malcolmson who plays Trixie. They talked to her about her character, and she sees this as one of the the turning points for Trixie, where she kind of changes what she's going to be for the rest of the show. This is um, 
Al kind of like um, opening up finally. And mm-hmm. this is one of the few things that he trusts anyone to, to do for him. Mm-hmm. Um, tricks. It's a very intimate, very... And I think Paula Malcolmson came up with, well, I didn't mark my spot in this book, so I'm not going to be able to find it. So we'll have to rely on my excellent memory. But yeah, she came up with this idea of like something that's very intimate and very... Um, how would you say? Uh, Al's making himself vulnerable to yeah. Trixie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like when Dan comes in, like they hide it away real quick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll just get like not too fucking close. Mm-hmm. She's like, all right, calm down. <laughs> like, uh, so Dan comes in. He tells him that Brahm is dead, but there's gold on his claim. Like it is mm-hmm. loaded with gold. Uh, Meanwhile, Trixie kind of steps out and she and Alma make eye contact across the thoroughfare, like from their balconies. Mm-hmm. And this is like the second time that, that uh, Alma's kind of made eye contact with another woman. Yeah. So this seems to be a theme of like these women trapped in their respective circumstances. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, kind of just reaching out to each other. And they will, you know, in the episodes to come, they'll have a closer relationship. Um, but right now they're just kind of connecting in a small way. Also wanted to <laughs> somebody notes and I'll bring it up from here on out through the whole series, but uh you can tell <laughs> you can tell what the episode's wrapping up usually when Al's in his PJs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, episode's finishing up, he's going to bed. <laughs> What's he doing? Getting his calluses yeah, cut getting off, his calluses getting a blowjob. Cut off, getting a blowjob <laughs> uh, <laughs> having a drink. Uh Getting the gleet kicked out of him. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this episode. I'm very looking forward <laughs> to it. Uh, but, yeah, so, uh, and then we go back, and the way it ends is they go back to, do like, she goes back to taking care of his calluses, and, and she asks if he wants to do the other foot, and he says yes, and then says please, which mm. I think is, you know, a bringing to the end of the theme of Al is, it's a nicer Al now. Yeah. It's a more trusting Al, it's someone who's willing to put trust in other people. Well, he, he's like looking for people to trust, and um, you know, and like desperately the whole, you know, like we have all these people, like you know, you know, uh, as like you know, spies and triple spies, double spies, whatever. And Trixie is cutting off the calluses off his feet. She's she, <laughs> she's just doing that for him. There's no other agenda, and so that's one person he can trust. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how shitty he is to her, he can still trust her with his life, basically. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so and you were talking about another theme of like building alliances, which mm-hmm. yeah. ties into it, um, which I guess Wild Bill would have that with Seth and Saul, mm-hmm. where Charlie's kind of pushing it not only to survive other people, but just to like survive himself. Yeah. Um, and this is a big step forward for Al. I think this is kind of where, because I remember the first, probably the first half of the season, maybe first full season, I just hated Al. I, I thought he was like, you know, a straight up villain, but I think this is where he starts to turn into, I can't do business anymore by just killing everybody. Yeah. Like, it's too crowded for that. Uh, I have to, you know, find other ways around my problems. And part of that is is uh, trusting other people. But yeah. So that is... Reconnoitering the rim. <laughs> Reconnoitering the rim. Reconnoitering the rim. Uh, 
we will be back next week with episode four here was a man and this is a very big episode so uh we look forward to you seeing you seeing that one we look forward to talking about it uh in the meantime check out mockingbirdnetwork.com our happy home uh we can see many other great podcasts such as oh just off the top of my head throwing junk uh is a good one if you like baseball or if you don't like baseball uh this this week we've got the hilarious story of p ridge day the hog calling pitcher uh, <laughs> which was a whole lot of fun we had uh there's a lot of other great shows like honey i shrunk the binge relationship uh ryan's crush corner all great um so check that out and you can find us on twitter also we're at deadwood pod so that makes it easy uh but until then you got anything going on harry no all right so until next week uh we'll see you later bye-bye Mocking Bird Network.